First, let me say, it is a terribly sad thing to me when there is sexual sin in a church. And it's an even sadder thing to me when the leadership of that church group will not take care of that sin according to the Bible and the instructions given by Paul in 1 Corinthians 5. But they go another way in dealing with the sin. And eventually, the sin can even surface in the world and a news media such as CNN reports the sin in the church. This ought not to be happening. The church should be dealing properly when a sin is committed, a sexual sin especially, but other sins also. Drunkenness, the world calls drunkenness a disease, and medical people think it's a disease. But in the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-10, drunkenness is identified to us as a sin. But when there is sin in the church, it should be dealt with by the church itself. The Apostle Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians 5 and tells us what to do in the church. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a one, know not to eat. Paul goes on and says, God judges the world, but we are supposed to judge the church. Paul says in verse 12, For what have I to do to judge them that are without? In other words, the world, that's not my business. Do ye not judge them that are within? We're supposed to judge the church. Them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. That person who attends church is called a brother in Christ. Paul says he's wicked if he does these sins. Fornication, covetousness, idolatry, railer, drunkard, or an extortioner. Paul says don't eat with them. Don't keep company with them, Paul says. Put them away from you. Now, you may not have the authority to put the man out of the church, but you can stop keeping company with that brother. I had to do that in the 1980s when I attended Word of Faith in the Dallas area. 
I was simply one of the congregation at that time. Our Bible teacher was committing fornication. I heard about it from a woman who owns a coffee shop. It turned out that she knew this Bible teacher, and I also was acquainted with him. So she was telling me what a bad influence he was on her boyfriend. This is one of the church. He was actually an elder in the church at that time, and he was the teacher of the singles class at church. He was a divorced man, had not remarried, but he was going to bars and seeking out women to have sex with. I went to him after I heard this, and I said, I have heard what you are doing. Is it true that you have a, so to speak, girlfriend? He said, yes. I said, tell me about this girlfriend, because no one at the church knew about her that I know of. He was keeping her secret. He was extremely evasive. So I point blank said to him, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? And he said, of course. And that's how he said it, with that type of nonchalant attitude. I was devastated. I knew he knew First Corinthians 5. And I said, oh, I can't keep company with you any longer. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't, so to speak, fellowship with you. I can't do anything with you. And he said, that's right. I even told him, I said, you know the Bible as well as I do. He had no shame. He expressed no shame. And he thoroughly agreed with me that I could no longer keep company with him, go to dinner with him, go to church with him, do anything with him. I had to put him away from me, just like Paul said to do. And that's what I did. I never saw him again. I was not part of the ruling body at Word of Faith. I had no real power at that church other than the power through God. God showed me to just stop going to that church, which I did. It wasn't long after that that the pastor at that church was taken to court by some members of the congregation and accused of extortion based on his teaching on a hundredfold return. I stopped going to that church and just never saw this Bible teacher again. I did speak with him on the telephone years later, and he said to me, well, fornication is no longer a problem with me. And I thought he was telling me that his body had been destroyed. At the time this happened, he was in his 60s, I believe. Reading once again that which Paul tells us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. But now have I written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother 
be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. Put away from among yourselves that wicked person. That's verses 11 and 13 in 1 Corinthians 5. Earlier in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells the leadership of the church, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Verse 8. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Sin in the church can spread through the church. And at that point it does become Antichrist. For they've departed from scriptures when they permit sin in the church. And in Second Thessalonians Chapter 2, verse 8, we read that at the coming of Jesus, the Antichrist people will be destroyed. Reading Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When there is sin in the church, if we stay in that church and approve that sin, we risk destruction from Jesus at his coming. So if you are staying in a church where there's someone who is a member of that church who is committing fornication or drunkenness or the other things listed by Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, you are in danger. You either have to stop being around that person or if the church won't deal with that person in a proper way, putting him out of the church, then I don't think we have any choice but to leave that church group for they have left the scriptures by their action. That happened with Jimmy Swigert. Back in the late 1980s, he was caught with a prostitute. He made a tearful plea before the church for them to forgive him. He had sinned against the church, and that appeared on television on his own show, At that time, he had huge followings. I don't know of his situation now. The Assembly of God, who ordained Jimmy Swaggart as a preacher, they 
issued a statement to the Assembly of God churches that we should pray for Brother Swaggart. Paul said, put him out of the church. They did not choose to do that. I happened to visit a little Assembly of God church at the time this was going on, and I was shocked because the pastor said, we must pray for Brother Swaggart. Very softly, out of my mouth, I said, he should be put out of the church. A woman in the pew right in front of me must have heard me because she turned and just glared at me. I never went back to that church because I knew the Assembly of God were not dealing correctly with this situation about Swagger because they weren't doing what Paul said to do. You can't counsel a person and help a person when that person already knows the Scripture and has turned from the Word of God. He knew it was a sin. He knew it was a sin to do what he was doing. A few years after this, Swaggart was caught with another prostitute, and he said, The Lord has told me it's flat out none of your business. That was so shocking. A member, supposedly, of the body of Christ and a preacher. But even a member of the body of Christ, a member of the church, we are not to keep company with him if he is a fornicator, says Paul. Put him away from you. So we have to take that type of action. One other scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 25. We are told to exhort one another in the church, and so much the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching, as we get nearer to the return of Jesus. Verse 26, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. If we sin willfully. Now, every person that I know of, whoever attended a church, knows that fornication is a sin. So, to know that and to sin willfully, knowing that it's a sin, there's no more sacrifice for your sins. It even says in Hebrews 6, Verse 4, it's impossible to restore them. Impossible. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace? 
Peter in Second Peter chapter 2 said, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. That's in Second Peter 2.21 For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. When I see a scripture like 1 Corinthians 5, I just do what it says, put him away from me. When he has confessed, that's what he's doing. There was no shame. There was no repentance with this man that I dealt with. There's nothing you can do but put him away from you because that is what Paul says to do. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And I think we turn him over to Satan when we who are of God refuse to keep company with a person who has willfully turned against the word of God. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.